Hey, Nate, do you know how I make sure that I see all the art shows I need to see? It's Seesaw. It's a free app in the Apple Store. You can log in and click off all the gallery shows that you want to see in New York or Los Angeles or London. It covers all the major art cities. This is true. You go right in. It'll, it'll give you a whole list of all the galleries, like they're all the galleries you would want to see anyway, tell you what the show is, when the show is closing, and you can then click on it, make yourself a custom map so you can walk around and, uh, and not miss any shows. Seesaw, it's free. It's in the App Store. Hey, Nate, we're back. We are back in the New York group. We're back in the, the sweaty New York group, man. I'm schlitzing right. over here. It was slightly less sweaty up in the country, but also very, very warm. You're continuing your country squire lifestyle. How was that? Where'd you, where'd, where'd you get into this weekend? Uh, just some standard stuff. Uh, upstate, mostly stayed in Kingston. Drove around into the higher altitude parts of the Catskills a little bit, but then Sunday night came, and I came straight to the city and straight to Keene's. Did you literally get a ride right to Keene's? Right to Keene's, yes. I've, the famous, uh, not the oldest, but one of the oldest steakhouses in Manhattan, in New York City. My personal favorite. It's, it's, I would say the same. I would yeah. say the same. Uh, just had a steak slathered in a poivre sauce, along with, obviously, oysters and shrimp cocktail. And no, all. no mutton chop? I didn't go mutton chop this time. Um, I mean, Keens is famous for their I mutton know. chop. I know. I've had the mutton chop. It's fabulous. Also, uh, underrated, the corned beef hash is very good. Corned beef hash is very good, but I always feel if, if I'm going to be having a, a steak or a mutton chop, or maybe both... Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit of gilding the lily and definitely gilding the arteries to right. then add on a hash brown. Also, the bacon there, fantastic. Bacon is Again, fantastic. an appetizer of bacon before a steak feels, um, mm-hmm. even by my standards, just, just asking right. for the gout to just invade my but, fucking life. Uh, I, I know we've been talking about how Covey is Ovi, as Dean Kissick says. Wow. But it definitely felt very over when I was sitting at the bar at Keene's looking up at the glorious painting of Miss Keene's. Doing crossword puzzle, waiting for James to arrive. It was really, really fun. Um, d- how did you score this reservation? Did you use last week guest Joe Cole's trick of having multiple Resi accounts? I am not quite on the genius level shit that Joe is when it comes to creating multiple ghost Resi accounts and thus uh, monopolizing your uh, uh, all of New York's restaurants. But I did put a notify on and. I happened to be up late at night when Resi informed me that a table had opened up during peak hours Sunday night, and bam, you know, snagged the, it. The notify is key because then you can have six things going on canceling. I had a little, I had a little mix up last week where oh no, I had, I had multiple notifies on. One came on, and I didn't check the time. And I guess I had my window was too large. I ended up making a five p.m. reservation for Ugh, dinner, not dude. the time I wanted to eat. Dude. Had to cancel it. Yeah, it was such a bummer, and that ended up like not getting any Resis and. It's okay. I mean, okay. No, my life is my life is all right. Um, mm-hmm. it was the same. It, it was the same evening. Maybe it was. Ended up um, after a series of fortunate or unfortunate events. You know, never go to a third location, but yet I did. Uh, in a weird rave out in the backyard of this apartment building on Clinton wow, Street. I think it was probably fun. like my friend used to live at eighty six Clinton. It was a little downtown, so like maybe eighty four or was something. This? I don't remember. Oh, well, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Fun. Uh, super fun, like crazy, hardcore, like intense techno music going on until maybe like close to two in the morning and the, wow. the police officers came and like very just politely stood there as everyone, you know, probably 150 to 200 kids kind of uh, shuffled out of there. That sounds fun. What it was, was fun. doing it was on weird. Wednesday? There, I mean, there were, there were a lot of art world adjacent people there. It may have been like a some gallery party. Right. That's maybe what I was told, but I was I was just kind of following along at that point 
Mm-hmm. Wow, um, that sounds like a blast. W- wish you had been there. You yeah. Would've, you you would have liked it. I mean, it was loud. It was crazy. Lots of uh, lots of hard seltzers being passed around, which you know, not my thing. But you know, I was I was happy for each one that was handed to me. Mm-hmm. I left the city around uh, two p.m. on on Friday after going to the wonderful shows at uh, uh, the the wonderful show at Broadway. Devin Troy Strother, great show. Check it out. And they were just bros hauling enormous packages of White Claw everywhere I looked. It was just... I mean, that sounds like white boy summer to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a little menacing, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm, as much as I've been enjoying the city, I think it will be an acceptable time to be downtown in Manhattan this summer. I'm pretty excited to be, to be piecing out to, to more um, uh, pastoral environs. Absolutely, I, I just I'm I'm too old for it. It's not, I'm not the target age. Um, mm-hmm. Even yourself, I mean, you'll be you'll be upstate a lot. I would presume. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be just just gross and sweaty here for for July and August. So upstate, I shall be for the most part. But also coming back to the city to you know take part in the wonderful art scene that is here. Speaking of which, maybe we should stop talking about restaurants and check out what's happened in Ugh, the art world the last fucking art world okay <laughs> i mean if we have to i suppose i mean if anyone does tune in i guess that's what they tune in for mm-hmm. um let's go through uh what was in the column last week nate i talked about julian schnabel having an- another child that's so dope <laughs> I, love it. I love it he's 70 or he's something 70, like that yeah that's okay i mean it seems like he's a really great dad his kids all seem pretty close to him he, so he's and, clearly and so, a great so dad. maybe he must love doing it so you know? god bless yeah i mean uh I think that it's great there's another Schnabel who's entering the world. The Schnabel will be uh, younger than uh, his or hers. I think it's her because it's daughter. Um, she will have a niece that is uh, older than her. That happens. We're yeah. a modern world. That's okay. I, yeah. Like, you know, Julian's a legend. He should be doing legend shit. And it sounds like it's That's some legend true. shit uh, to yeah. me. Um, yeah, listen, if I were rich, like I have two kids. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. It's kind of a hassle. If I were like rich, rich. Mm. I'd pop out four or five puppies. Damn. They're great. And they're so cute as that babies too. As long as you can afford the as long as you can afford the uh, the you know, the nanny per child, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, Coons had like six kids in like in like ten years or something. Remember that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's he's all about childhood. He's just seeing right. seeing the world through innocence. If if you believe anything he says about his work with <laughs> the world, yeah. um, and I don't mean that in a snarky way. I mean, you know, what, what's what's truth? What's what's fiction? There, I know. I just remember being at the Whitney for the opening of his show, and his kids just like terrorizing everyone, just running around like like little little brats. It was it was kind of fun actually. Well, speaking of the Whitney, I guess it was a couple weeks now they, they opened their David Hammond's piece uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that they helped to commission uh, uh, over on the pier there. I don't know. I love David Hammonds. I don't know if I love this work. I might need to have Oh, it's Scott dope, or... dude. Really? Yeah. Tell, like, explain it's it so to me. Because it's, it's a Gordon Matta-Clark homage. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get that. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I, I, it's not my favorite. It's impressive that they did it and did it relatively quickly, just imagining you know, the amount of like, uh, municipal hoops that had to be jumped through. I certainly like it a lot more than I like the visuality of the Barry Diller Park, which just yeah, this weekend. The Barry, <laughs> the Barry Diller, Diller Vanity Park. Island. <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive island in the history of islands. I mean, I wonder if Mr. Diller spent some time on the piers back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, DVF. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. You know, it seems like he likes the waterfront. That's all. Um, what else in the world of art? I mean, I think I guess the big story that everyone was like snarking about and/or talking about on the Twitter was uh, David Warner's uh, new kind of offshoot direct to uh, direct to consumer uh, mm-hmm. website, selling art with one click, no waiting lists, none of that. Right. Um, what are they calling the program? It's not platform. Pla- it is platform. 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 People, um, yeah, people seem very angry about this. <laughs> yeah, so he's basically he is partnering. Up, well, uh, partnering might be the wrong word, the problematic word, but he's. Uh, 
working with less established galleries, more middle market or emerging galleries, and saying, hey, do you have any inventory? We'll put it on this thing. It's one click. Like, they, there's no way to say, oh, what board, what museum board is you on? Like, you know, just you're the first one to click on it. You put your credit card in. Like, it's yours. Uh, yeah. No questions asked. Um, I kind of like it as a model. Um, I, the snark was like, oh, he's going to be stealing data and data that could be going to, to these younger galleries and like, you know, whatever a commission cut out of it, I think 30% was a number I heard. I don't know. It seems like he's he's allowing these people to move some inventory that they wouldn't have the ability to move otherwise. I'm sure they're happy to have the cash in the pocket. And I'm not sure if these types of people that are buying this type of work with one click, like you need to have their data. I'm not sure if it's if, if you're losing out on a repeat customer necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all the, the usual people on Twitter who get mad about everything very loudly and irritatingly got really mad about this yeah but like, I, get, I get mad about everything but this doesn't bother no, me you know what people i'm talking about yeah, I, 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 yeah the, the 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 fighty people on twitter that we don't even need to mention yeah i mean the people that think that you know they kind of get annoyed by anything that's the selling exactly. of artwork but like you know like the bottom line is every artist or dealer who's participating in, in this told me very earnestly that this is great that that it's awesome they're excited to participate in it and like yeah it's easy to just cast Swerner as like this sort of uh, megalith that's like eating the young or whatever uh, but you know it's just it really is helping out young galleries and artists and I mean it seems like David's it. kind of winning these days I mean in terms yeah. of you know signing up someone like the state of Robert Ryman mm-hmm. um, I think you saw some Robert Ryman, Robert Ryman examples when you were up at Dia Beacon this weekend perhaps yeah. is that what you mentioned I think David's on fire and I, I actually like this as a way because there is a certain I think subset of people these days that don't want to put in the effort to either hire an advisor like me to jump through the hoops for them or to jump through the hoops themselves and show up and sweet talk the dealer and show that they're reputable, but want to buy some cool things for the wall, something above, you know, a poster art or like, you know, additions of Banksy or something. <laughs> and like, I think they should be getting involved. And I can, I can imagine them growing into actual collectors as they age out of this sort of thing. Totally. And so I guess, I guess the, the criticism is like, will they know how to get in touch with the dealers that they were drawn to? I feel like they will. I mean, it's all a good, Google away, boys and girls. All mm-hmm. Google away. Exactly. Anyway, the other big news uh, news that appealed to me uh, on the art world, on the internets, was that um, Paul Mall Art Advisors, uh, I think a US-based firm, I always thought it was British, but it says in the article it's an American firm, was purchased by the Fine Art Group, another art advisory. Now, to call Paul Mall, um, they had an advisory wing, uh, and maybe they were kind of doing like corporate lobbies and stuff, I'm not really sure, but I always saw them as and have used them as really good um, appraisers of art. So either right. for tax reasons, uh, gift reasons, um, if, you're, if you're gifting something to an institution, you need to get a, an independent, a accredited third body appraiser every year for insurance especially larger collections you want to have an accounting of what everything's worth now not what the invoice price was especially Mm -hmm. in in a market where things that were hopefully i'm buying people things that are worth uh more in the next year um and they're really good at that super efficient bloody expensive but i guess it's a lot of work um and it makes sense that fine art group would be buying them while they have an advisory wing the fine art group i'm sure they do some private dealing what what I know them for and everything I've read about what their what their strength is, is they have a lot of access to capital and they have a whole right. finance wing and they're able to offer direct loans to their clients, uh, uh, backed by banks maybe, but without having to go through the private banking lending, which can be a fairly arduous process. Um, and that's something that's really a lot of collectors, especially even during quarantine, have used to basically to leverage their collection, oftentimes to buy more art. Mm-hmm. Um, you're able to, if you have a collection worth $10 million, you can borrow $5 million bucks against that without moving your art to, to a third-party storage. You hold on to the the art and that gives you an increased buying power without actually having to sell anything wow 
Um, and it's a, it, you know, it's a, you know, leverage is, is a tr- tremendously sophisticated tool that the, the, the rich and the ultra rich can use to, uh, increase their ability to make moves, um, without, without having to part with any assets, especially illiquid assets as art can often be or real estate, etc. And so I think it's a smart move by the fine art group just to get access to all these appraisals. Cause you totally. have all this data of who has what, and you know, that's one of the things the auction houses were supposed to be able to leverage and the mega dealers is because they've sold so much work or done these appraisals for people um, uh, in advance of estate sales and stuff, being able to track down the right thing when something is desirable in the private market and or offer leverage against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, you basically summed it up pretty much perfectly. I don't have much to add. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, I, but I also, but, the snark, <laughs> but I do have to return to the snark. As like an art advisor who works like very closely with a limited amount of clients, it's never been a business that scales. Because if you're trying to create really personal, really insightful and, uh, and, and, and smart collection, that really hew to a particular person's point of view and what they want to live with and, and kind of what they want to say to the world. You can't do that on a mass scale. You mm-hmm. can do a cookie cutter thing, um, but the kind of, and and further the kind of you know the kind of relationships you need to build between the me as an advisor, the dealers on the primary level market, um, uh, and the collector. You know, has to be so intimate to get access to the right a material that I'm not sure if you're if you're representing 30, 40 clients, you're really going to be able to get that stuff. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting to see how the consolidation is going to be happening. I guess, like, like as things you know sort of go back to normal and things just settle into their ways again. I guess this is probably the first of many sort of mergers on the scale, right? Yeah, I mean, well, some of the other big art advisory news that was announced in not this past Saturday's FT, but the Saturday before in advance of Art Basel Hong Kong was um, uh, Ed Tang, uh, right, formerly yeah. of Sotheby's, and before that, um, uh, 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 Amy and Alan's uh, project, and before that, Christie's, like a long time kind of go-between uh, kind of young emerging collectors in the East and West, has opened up his own advisory firm with a, with, with a, 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 with a collector from that part of the world. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to pull up, uh, pull up all the info now, but of course I can't. But no, yeah, exactly. Just like shit like that is going to just keep on happening, I think. Um, yeah, and it was, but I was, I was just surprised at how much, uh, you know, like Ed's brilliant. He has like an amazing mm-hmm. eye, uh, has worked for amazing people and, and built an amazing collection for himself and his husband. Um, but like, you know, got an amazing, splashy, like a uh, full page spread on his new advisory mm-hmm. of FT, which, uh, yeah, I'll be honest, I was just jealous of. That's all, the only reason <laughs> you'll get your up, FT spread, uh, you know, you know. Um, um, obviously, you know, uh, Ed's, Ed's father was, uh, was Agony Uncle for many years, uh, a long time weekly columnist, uh, for the FT. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that didn't hurt. And, yeah. uh, and a personal hero of mine, restaurateur. A bon vivant mm-hmm. uh, columnist. Oh yeah, um, just man about the world. Like absolutely one of the, one of the guys. One of the most interesting people of the last. The, 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 yeah, yeah, the world's like, most like, interesting. Absolutely. Um, so I don't um, really have any real snarks. I like Ed so much, but I was just <laughs> je- I was just jealous. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I want to uh, bring up before we uh, are joined by our amazing guest this week, Alyssa Bennett. So stay tuned for that. Uh, the art dinner, the gallery dinner, it's is back. back. It's, it's back. back. I went to probably yeah, my first full on. Like two big table dinner uh, this past Thursday for uh, uh, the Journal Gallery. Uh, they have a wonderful show up by the artist Alex Eagleton, and it was fucking great. Where was dinner? Uh, dinner was at Mina's. Uh, you know, Alex's partner is is, is Mina Stone, the great uh, chef. So all, all the way out in Long Island City. Mm-hmm. Made the made the schlep. Well worth it because Mina's is. So good. Oh, she throws down, man. Oh, her, co- like, I mean, her cookbook, Cooking for Artists, is is, is like a constant, constantly used in my household. Oh yeah, 
Uh, and it was so good to see Mina and Alex. They're the best, and the food is just life affirming. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. I mean, she, she comes from a Greek a Greek mm-hmm. background, and yeah, so often they both fresh fishes, like lots of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just really simple but beautiful ingredients. Exactly, stuff. and like you know, there's just like all this food, just like coming like salads and 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 you know, like little cheeses and charcuterie, and just oh, it was so amazing. It was just like hoovering it up. It was incredible. I mean, speaking of 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 great food and uh, and the farm and upstate and the art world uh dan cole and sky high farm had a really lovely looking fundraiser I was yesterday i know i, I wish i could have gone I, I saw an email about it and i like I meant know. to return to it and didn't because it would have been a, it looks like a great day with like the family take the kids up mm-hmm. everyone had their own blanket yeah some snacks get to visit the animals on the farm which like my kids would have gone nuts for and i believe there were some performers from uh, american american ballet theater there were um and raising money for dan's project which is not a for-profit farm but he literally gives all the food to food banks uh, school lunch programs and that sort of thing uh, down here in the city as well is more locally to the farm and like just such a cool second act or kind I know. Of, you know we were up him. there and I wanted to go we already had a whole plan for yesterday but yeah I, on Instagram it seemed like a large chunk of the art and fashion world were I mean yeah, a lot it. of very chic people mm-hmm. like you know um yeah, I won't, I won't go through the names to save them the embarrassment, <laughs> and then a lot of them popped over to the object and thing uh, uh, yep. uh, project, mm-hmm. um, a great architectural design and art project. Mm-hmm. Um, I still haven't been yet. I, um, you know, I went to make a reservation, and like the first slot they would give me was July, and yes, I could email someone, but like then you're being a jerk, and just like you know what? That's, okay. You're not being a jerk. These they're our friends. We can just email them. That's I how know. that's how it works. So shy. We're the people. Eh? Who, I'm a shy, shy we're the people guy. who get to do that. I know. You know. I know. Like, um, they gave me a slot the first week, and I and I just bailed on it. Well, I'm between cars. I had to return like the the car that I had a lease on last week, and, uh, oh, okay. and it's impossible to get a car right now. But based on the shortage of like semiconductors and just everyone buying cars, so it like took a Damn. week. My my new station wagon. I was going to buy fam- a pickup. Well, I think a used car might be a little bit easier, but I think that market's tight. But I'll pick up my new my dad my new dad mobile station wagon. I think this week, and so it'll be easier to pop up to something like this. What about paying the ass this weekend? Mm, no, I get that. Are you doing anything for uh, for for Memes Day for Memorial Day? Going to Maine. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Maine, and then seeing my sister da- down east, down east Maine on the coast there. Yep. Little, um, little some lobster rolls. Oh yeah. Couple anchor steams. Uh huh. Couple. <laughs> well, not anchor steam. Whatever the whatever the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't I don't do I don't do your artisanal beer. Uh, shit. I'm gonna pop into Cambridge on the way back to see my sister, who's at a little university there. Oh, my, my old stomping ground. I, yeah. went to, I went to high school in Cambridge. Not university. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, sometimes I, I still say I went to school in Cambridge. What are, what are the best bars in Cambridge? Because I want to do a little I was, little I was not of drinking age. Oh, I definitely I left Boston, the Boston area when I was 18, and oh, did okay. my absolute best never to return. Um, yeah, you know, no, uh, Cape, same Cape, here. Cape and the Islands once in a while, mostly the Islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, not Boston. I'm not sure... Oh, we'll, we'll look it up. I'll look it up. Ideas. I'm sure that there's ideas. some passable drinking establishment. I don't know. It's still a puritanical town. city. Like, who Ugh. knows what the rules are up there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't been in probably four years. The last time I went, uh, some college buddies of mine promised to take me out to the best restaurant in Boston. And we went to a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> Which probably is the best restaurant in Boston. That's not true. That's not true. Despite my dislike of my uh, of my uh, uh, my ancestral homeland, I think there is some probably pretty good food there. Um, Sorry, Bostonians. If you're I mean, listening. at least you at least could have gone to like legal seafood. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, at least a local chain. Is there culture in Boston? Do people know about the art world in Boston? Is there no event there? The ICA uh, <laughs> under uh, under their director and their great curator Eva Raspini is always doing great things. I know, I know. Um, Barbara Lee, fantastic collector, mostly female driven driven mm-hmm. art. Um, I think some of the Celtics guys collect. 
but no. Who are we <laughs> but, but, if not? But Nate, if... but Nate no. <laughs> <laughs> it's in our blood There's as New Yorkers. There's lacrosse and the head of the Charles. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, have, they don't have contemporary art. They have uh, boats. You know, American, American Repertory Theater. I don't know. But no, there's no real culture. I'm the MFA. Whatever. Um, what they do have are the fucking Red Sox, the Bruins, and the Celtics, and the Patriots. So what else do you need? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, that is all I have on the art front. Are you looking forward to anything? So we're going to see, we're going to see our friend Mills tonight. Former that's true. Former we're going to Mills is uh, he's in getting town. Some, he's getting some pizzas at Scars. I think we're all going to meet up at Clandestino for a couple drinks and a couple slices. I'm already hungry just thinking about. I've not eaten today. I'm trying to starve myself until then. Yeah, you I, just told me it's a 7:30 p.m. call time, which Mills might get, I might have to break and have a slice of mango or something. <laughs> you can have a slice of mango, uh, but yes, Mills is in town. Uh, you know, so alert the troops, etc. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, I'm returning to Estella for the first time this week. Wow, one of my favorite nice. restaurants in town. I've not been there since pre-Panny. Also with Mills Moran, who's a, yes, with yeah, Mills, he's, yeah. he's a big Estella guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ignacio Matos, yeah. One, one of the greatest guys in the city and, and an incredible chef. Uh, he's opening his cafe at, at Rock Center soon, so we'll have a decent place to to eat and drink after Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I just I I, I miss uh, I miss blow bar his. Bar Flora, which was a I lot know. closer to my house. There's very few I places, i.e. none, that I like to eat uptown, and that was a great a great spot to camp out at the bar. Totally. Um, I mean, oh God, I miss it a lot, too. Well, what are you going to do? They were, you know, there had to be casualties. Yeah, and so it says a fucking Joe and the Juice. Mm-hmm. Shoot me. All right, on that on that dour note, uh, hang on. We get we have the uh, the most amazing, brilliant, um, strange, funny, uh, a real actual podcaster, Alyssa Bennett, coming up right, right after now. this. All right, we are so thrilled, Nate and I, to be joined by Girl Next Door, Alyssa <laughs> Bennett. Alyssa, uh, welcome. Writer, researcher, like an actual real pro, real pro podcaster, unlike us. Gallery mm-hmm. director at the Gladstone Gallery. Galleries. Um, kind of always I mean, I think I was like, there are multiple. You know, even though I think she's younger than me, like the cooler big sister I would have wanted to have. Like, knows I'm all probably the ra- older than you. <laughs> I mean, closer. I mean, I just go to the best dermatologist in New yeah, York. Yeah, I'm gonna City. get that number because I definitely don't. Me too. Um, like, probably definitely had better music taste. Like, you know, had already kind of primed <laughs> mom and dad for like bad behavior, so anything you did looked okay. Had done all the drugs, so I could tell you which ones yeah. to avoid in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a, a perfect bon So as I said, before we get into like the media, like your media empire, your burgeoning mm-hmm. media empire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things you're known as, both in your own head and I think in many others, as like definitely the best gallery person, gallery sitter, aka gallery girl, <laughs> I, to exist in New York. Unchallenged, absolutely true. Um, and and best you, in the you've game. been, I'd say, outspoken about kind of how the yeah. youth of today um, really aren't living up to the expectations that you have set and the example you set. So I, I just want to get into it. What made you so good? Well, I really have thought about this because I don't want to be an old person where young people are like, fuck that old person who doesn't understand what it's like to be young. So I have to preface this a little bit. So before I worked in a gallery as the greatest front desk girl in the history of New York City, that's for real. I worked in stores forever. So I put myself through college working in boutiques where you might show up at 10 a.m. and there would be vomit on in the entryway and you'd have to swab the vomit out of the entryway or you know maybe someone took a shit on the staircase it happens it happens more often than you would think and you have to clean it you have to deal with it right so when I started working in a at a front desk and I was like you mean all I have to touch is paper (laughs) and maybe once in a while I have to run a vacuum cleaner like a hygienic fancy HEPA filtered vacuum cleaner. I thought this is a dream. So 
that's the first part that I, I'm going to say. And then the other part is that I, I naturally have, I'm driven by curiosity. So I always thought it was the best seat in the house because you learn so much about people mm-hmm. if you just allow yourself to have a rich fantasy life and engage a little bit and not get mired down by misdirected misanthropy. You have to, It's okay to not like people. Mm-hmm. I feel I'm pretty, I've been pretty outspoken about, I mean, you know who, who you people? are. I wouldn't you know, like anyone that likes you people. people who I don't like, you know who you are because I've been mean to you and it's directed. It's okay to not like people and be mean to them, but make sure they know that it's fucking for real and that you're not just crabby because you don't like your job. Um, I get that. You yeah, know? I mean, that makes sense. let I'm them know. Of... Let them know they're special in a bad way. It's like mm. a true commitment to excellence, right? Yeah. There. Right. Um, but like, how would you like? Would you say hello to everyone? Was it were you ice? Was it ice or was it like? No, fire? it was like okay. So my first front desk job was in like a boutique gallery. I was mm. at Lu- the Luxembourg Dion Gallery. Whoa. So pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. You have to take people's coats. You have to wow. watch their purses. Maybe look inside when they're on the fifth floor. Maybe see what they're up to inside and then report, the purse. Report upstairs oh, yeah. during the meeting. No, you just hold it. You keep it. You put it in your zine like ten years later. You write about it ten years later. Maybe with names. Maybe with without names. But I just I I I still have this habit at the Gladstone Galleries where if someone like say one of my colleagues brings a cl- a client in. Mm-hmm. I love to run into the viewing room and say, can I get you anything? Can I go love get that. you a coffee? Can I take your coat? Do you need anything? Amazing. Flat or sparkling? Because sometimes being in service and being very good at in service is like more empowering than like trying to be all like, I'm too good for well, this. Well, that's for fucking sure. That's yeah. grace and dignity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like right now it's like you walk in and like, especially me, I often look like this and they're like, oh, I'm like, oh, hey. Blah, blah, blah. They don't want it. They don't want it. And then, like, I drop like the name of the director that like I'm looking for. All of a sudden, it's like a 180. And, like, oh, They're this like, is somebody. Do you want to see the wow. secret room? <laughs> exactly. I know. Can I get you anything? Can, Can I get, I you, get anything? you anything? No. I mean, I just I always I really thought... don't like that moment of like oh just because like no you're like you can get the fuck out of my face because you were just so rude to me. Are you Julie? You still Jewel? Yeah. Does your wife know? <laughs> no, she does. <laughs> <laughs> On my way here, I bought some Nicorette lozenges. Oh, that's you the more sophisticated try. choice. What I don't flavor? Know. Cherry, uh, cherry ice. Cherry ice. And I saw an altercation in the Dwayne. It's just been a dream day. U- Union Square is a special, special it's place. It really is. incredible. Nate and I talk a lot about like the good parts of New York right now, but there's a lot of like more, like noticeably more crazy everywhere than We're used here. To be. Yeah. Like in Dwayne Reed, when I was trying to get out, there was a disgruntled customer who was blocking the exit and me and this guy were like stuck in there and I was like, we're going to be stuck in here forever. And he was like, I'm going to break the door. And I thought this is an experience that in the past one might only have in San Francisco. I went there once and I was like the first. Talk about shitting on the streets. Oh, it was incredible. The first store I went into at like 8 a.m. I saw someone shoplifting a Red Bull and like a makeup palette. And I thought this is a good place for me. Girlfriend, you my friend. <laughs> Can I hang out with you? What are you doing? Um, um, so yeah, we the, should we should talk more about the crazy shit that we see around Union Square. I try and block oh. it all out of my head because it's like a lot for me. Like, I'm, I'm a gentle, like you know, very sensitive soul. I can tell from your art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, nose. I didn't make any of it to be clear. <laughs> um, I just bought it in I moments, like that moments of weakness. Yeah. 
people that could be in my movie. It could. It could be in your movie. We're not going to talk about We're not allowed to talk about that. That's a secret. Sorry, listeners. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're going to be blown the fuck away. Yeah, I mean, but truly, it sounds like you were just being sarcastic, but probably you're going to be blown the fuck away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually wasn't being sarcastic. <laughs> I was being hyperbolic, perhaps, but not sarcastic at all. You had me. At first, I was like, oh, listening to this one. And I'm like, oh. Oh, oh. I know. Mm-hmm. You know this pa- the pantomime got broken up. But anyway, this is, this is an uh, auditory listen, But you're here now. How did you get out of the Dwayne Reed? Oh, um, the guy who was like, I'm going to break the door to get out, <laughs> kind of made, he paved the way for us okay, to exit. And then I went and had a sit down. And listened, I was telling you, some guy was screaming Cat Scratch Fever, which is a song you'd never think you know. And then you're like, oh, he's playing Cat Scratch Fever. While another group next to me were fighting. I don't know if it came to fisticuffs, but they were fighting about the Bible. Love a book it. I know nothing about. It's One of the few boring. books. You know about. <laughs> it's too boring. Not enough bad behavior, really. No. Um, There's just probably a lot. So, People eat their kids, and do they? Does that happen? That's in the Old Testament. So other other than that, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So, sounds sounds I'm yummy. A Gentile. Um, other other than getting to use really high end vacuums with HEPA filters yeah. and shuffling paper, like why and how did you end up working in galleries? Well, you seem way too interesting. Like I said, I was working in a store. This is a really complicated. I don't. I don't. I probably won't get sued for this story. I'm just going to tell it. No one listens. It's fine. So I was working no. in a store, and no one listens. It's fine. <laughs> and at the Alexander the McQueen shop that was in the meatpacking district, mm-hmm. that was a fucking arduous job. You want yeah. a tough job? Go. I have. Can I tell you my favorite story Please. from there before we get into this other story? Do you have Lee stories? He was nice. Oh, he was a okay. sad, sad person. He's like an area of a special interest to me. Oh, yeah? Because when you know, kind of know someone, and then they die in a catastrophic uh-huh. flame ball, it, it becomes more personal. But mm. this is not about him. It's about Paula Abdul, who you may oh, or may not wow. be familiar with. I mean, I'm, it's in my head right now. Right? Can't it. get rid of it. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. So, Paula Abdul, first time I'll, she's I'll spare you all on the my pod. singing, but maybe she, she you could probably get her as a guest. <laughs> Are you listening, Paula? She's You're on. not doing anything. <laughs> so she came in one day. We would have these celebrities that came in. It was exciting for me as a celebrity hound. Mm-hmm. And she was in a dressing room for like eight hours <laughs> all day, all day long. So she stumbles out of the dressing room, and there are these plexiglass cubes that hung down from the ceiling that you'd put like an expensive handbag in. Mm -hmm. She like cracks her head into it and she says, where am I? (laughs) And starts crying and sits down. So already I was like, I have to get closer to this because if there's a catastrophe, I want to get a little closer. So I go kind of inch my way over some guy, like the big sales guy is ringing up her clothes. It's like 20 grand worth of things that she'll literally never wear. And then she's like, I need the bathroom. I need the bathroom. And I was like, this, maybe this, this is my part moment. starts to explain things. I was like, let me show you. And so I lead her to the bathroom. She's in there for eight hours. She comes out. It's like the next day. It was a 16 hour day. It was already. a 16 hour day. Front desk girls, you don't have to work 16 hours a day. She comes out. She, like, is confused. I like it. They leave. They exit. 
and then the security guard you want a fucking bad job be a security guard at a boutique because you will go fucking mental I don't think I'm qualified but yeah they go crazy because it's so boring nobody even acknowledges them that's a bad job Mm. at least at a front desk people are like do you have a checklist and how much is this thing and you can say let me call a director (laughs) so the security guard is like um you guys have to see this you gotta see this so we all go into the bathroom and there's a poop in the garbage can on top of the we had those paper towels that were like rough recycled brown paper towels with a poop on the top um I mean, it's a theme, and it happens. It's unbelievable. I get confused myself sometimes. <laughs> well, what was strange is that the, the, the garbage can, the architecture of the bathroom, made it so that the garbage can was like um, the height that the, the, what do you call that thing on a roof? The parapet was uh-huh. when yeah. Carl Andre pushed his wife over. Oh. Like, it's too high to just allegedly or yeah. fall over. It takes some effort. So yeah, so it was. It was, it was did she have to get up? Did she have to stand on the toilet in order to poop or in the garbage can? Or she had to poop camp? into the the paper towel and then place oh, it on the top. Interesting theory. Wow. Interesting theory. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed very. Deliberate. We never knew what that cartoon like kind of paper <laughs> we had to go through. The cat. Cat. cat, cat. cat. There you Thank go. You. Thank you. That's um, the one that's no, stuck in my head. So the story of how I work. That's, that's, so how do you get from cleaning up Paul Abdul's or looking at Paul Abdul's wow. shit? Wow. What a thrill. <laughs> So one of the sales, this is this did not happen at Alexander McQueen. It happened at a store that was called Malexander Lequeen, Lequeer. You made that up, Mal- but okay. Alexander Lequeer. So a, a, a person with a gallery whose name was Linalia Cryon right. was a client there. That guy. It's it's no longer in business. So she was a client. He was a client there, and one of the sales staff had the credit card number and was like char- char- secretly charging a lot of money on it. Oof. And Nefarious. so I was like, well. I'm not a particularly moral person, but this guy is like fucking me in commissions every month because he's he just sells everything. So I'm gonna. I'm going to tell on him. And so I put the word out to, I forget what her name is. I put the word out to her that she should, he should check his Amex statement. And then this person was like, hey, I really appreciate that you did this thing for me. I'm opening a new gallery. Do you want to work there? And I was like, sure. And then they were like, are you very organized? And I was like, no, but how hard can that be to be very organized? If you guys read my zines, you would have all these stories because I've written about them extensively. Mm. My colossal failures in admin at the front desk, Mm. like losing insurance refund checks in the street more than once, like the same check being lost more than once. But who doesn't do things like that? You get it by... One gets by on their charm and amuse moths. It's you know what? It's really true, and that's the lesson for these um, these young people at the desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I keep failing upward. I mean, I could just be being like a medium for white real man, thing. but like, yeah, no, it's I mean, real. Oh, that's I just, real. You know, I have to skip out on the charm because I feel so guilty about all the horrible mistakes, like lost checks. Oh, but the, the mis- 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 uh, misspelled uh, artist names on wall labels in museums that I just never get around <laughs> wow. to changing. Wow. Just like, always, always. Uh, uh, again, misappropriated funds. I'm going to take, your, I'm gonna take your, your hint and not give the names, but um, 
No misappropriated funds. I'm like not organized to steal. Like, no, that it's would take, too like, hard. That would take like a lot of it's work. It's too hard. <laughs> um, before we get into again the media, but I want to know what is your like the most annoying ritual in the art world that just like doesn't even make you roll your eyes, but makes you like shoot fucking daggers. Oh, yeah. PDF sending the PDF messages. Yeah, I'm part of the problem there. It's, I'm part it's, of the problem. It's tough. Mm-hmm. No, um, I'm talking about sending them. You know what I'm saying? I'm part of the problem. I'm, I'm like the receiving. I'm right. like, and if I don't get it, I get annoyed, but I never and read it. And then I'm kind of like, these people are never going to respond to me. Mm-hmm. I like the ones that are clearly sent by the assistant or even directly sent by the assistant with the director and CC. So like, oh, totally okay with that. Yeah. Super chic. Then it's like, you don't have to, you don't feel bad mm-hmm. when the conversation drops immediately. I don't know. It's, you know, I, Barbara Gladstone is my queen. Oh, yeah. Like, what a gift to get to work with her and go into her office a couple of times a week for like a history rundown. She's mm. incredible. She's so brilliant. She's, she's incredible. She still scares there, the ever living fuck out of me. There is no and other. And she's never been, she's never been anything but so nice to me, done me favors, but I'm still so scared every she's time she boss. turns in my direction. She's the, the she's boss. The boss. Mm-hmm. She's so amazing. It's like a, the great privilege of my sordid career in the art world to get to see her and, and work with her and learn from her. Oh, God. Truly. Truly. I feel like she probably really gets you and like really appreciates No, I feel like we have a real understanding. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Um, do, you, are you, do you have a hand in hiring like the front of house staff? As I, would call them? I have recently because I was like, look, I feel like I, I can help this along. I feel like I can make this work. And when we do, I, I, I like to be in those meetings because I like to say, I will never ask you to do anything that I haven't done. Mm-hmm. No one here is ever going to ask you to do shit that they haven't done. That's true. Like, in, in, it's in, true. I think that should be true everywhere. It's true. It's the truth. But now you have assistants across industries get very like kind of huffy that they I have know, to they do. They don't like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to pick on the youth, but it's like a little bit. You but know. the other thing that I I feel like they're not taking advantage of is that they're only like six weeks out of the whole year when your time is really taxed as a front desk person. Right. So fucking write a book. Like, what the fuck are they doing? I wrote my first two zines at the fucking front desk. Yeah, have they seen your CV? For Christ's sakes. No, they don't care. They're like, whatever. Um... Are all the zines still in print or are some of them out of print? I they're feel out like of print. I tried, to buy, so I tried to buy a couple like in advance they're of this. Done. And I got most of them, but they're a they're few. They're done. But we're gonna, we'll anthologize with the new... I wasn't really cool enough at the time. Well, you know, they'll we'll, we'll do them in a different form with a, a new component so that everyone who already has to, has them has to buy them again. That's, uh, that's great. Okay, enough about the art world. Now I want to get to what I actually care about and interested in. Mm. First of all, my uh, love life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> yes, but I'm not going to ask it. Um, uh, several Instagram accounts that you yeah. that you control. Oh, yes. The foremost in my like just as closest to my heart because the closest to like poetry yeah. is regret counter. Regret yeah. counter um, is a, a miracle. It's, um, it's, it's it's really really amazing. For, for those who haven't it. seen it, I've, I I've screenshot some of my favorites. For those who haven't seen it, it's a uh, user uh, reader submissions of um uh, the chemicals or substances they've ingested over the course of an, of an evening or a day. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's really brilliant because you really get a sense. Not just of like chemically what changed them, but like their personality and like what they took in what order and sometimes the environment. You can really get it's like a little autobiography. It's I think. like I think the chemical equivalent of one pair baby shoes never worn. Exactly. It's, it, they can be really incredible flash fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nonfiction. Yeah, the best ones just have a really rich narrative to them. Yeah, you know? I and, agree. And, and incredible amount of subjects. Yeah, it started and, like just the beginning those. of 2020, so you caught a lot of the quarantine year, um, yeah. which I think was kind of nice because you saw people like oftentimes alone, like in Jessica on things. This mm-hmm. wasn't alone, but this is definitely my favorite. It's one of the longest ones. I think I can pronounce all the words, but bear with me, <laughs> uh, listeners and, and my guests. So this is a Corona August, New York City, Saturday night in 
in which I spiral hard, but do not get COVID. Text with the wrong guy. Make sex plan. Get blown off by wrong guy. Glass of white wine. Go to a friend's house. Do G for the first time. Let's presume that's GHB. Do another dose of G. Another dose of G. It's a lot of G. Lines of Larry Gagosian. <laughs> <laughs> Lines of Coke, which must be an interesting mix with the GF. It kind of counteracts. Wow. Pop- poppers. Dancing. Ketamine. Start. And now is when they start investigating party opportunities. This is yeah. past poppers and dancing and ketamine. Another dose of G. Dancing. Lines of Coke. Multiple. Dancing. Poppers. Lines of Coke. Go to party. Liquid ketamine. Bumps of Coke. Ketamine. Duke ecstasy. Asterix. Lines with a bunch of boys sharing one metal straw. Split an E with a friend. Poppers, liquid ketamine, bumps of coke, bumps of K, bumps of methadrone. Wow. Wow. Didn't see that one coming. Bumps of coke, bumps of K, poppers, another dose of G, bumps of K, leave rave, have people over, multiple lines of ecstasy. Again, five boys, one metal straw, another dose of G, another dose of G, Cialis, another dose of G, sex, lots of poppers, poppers, spiral, start making phone calls, Xanax. The asterisk was four. Ecstasy is a mixture of powdered ketamine with ground up ecstasy got it that's fucking beautiful this, that's so beautiful, so beautiful. Yeah, this oh, is also God. it it can take me a minute to remember who they are sometimes i don't know the people but this is a person of note wow who i love very much wow um, there's not love that many the people i love that much so right. you can probably well i think anyone anyone that could ingest this amount of substances <laughs> Ooh, a is a lovely mix. lovely truly, person truly. I, would like, I would like a to know both mix. on their best of nights and their worst of nights both. <laughs> <laughs> and i want so you write every entry by hand right? yeah what is it like to just sort of write this out like especially something like that is it like like just the art the act of actually writing it must like make you just think like a feel the night feel that 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 narrative so well i started writing them by hand because i didn't want anyone to get caught right so at the beginning people would submit um their entries in their own handwriting and i thought somebody's gonna yeah it's a bad idea somebody's gonna know who this is and it's gonna ruin their life so i started it just you know to maintain the anonymity and then you know sometimes it's like um like that one i remember writing out and i I feel like it's more than one page oh no that was that was four or five instagram slides it's it's so sometimes those i'm like Good God. Well, that, seemed like, that, that seemed like a close to death kind it's of really, thing. Yeah, for sure. But that person's sober now also. I love uh, you. You know who you are. Um, keep it up. Keep coming back. So, yeah, sometimes it's just like the stamina of actually transcribing them is really annoying. It feels as though you annoying. went through that, that chemical. Yeah, you feel um, wasted in the same way that they right. must. But the, I, sometimes I like the real sweethearts that are just like... Um, short and depressing uh let me, let me like you know the one there's one i really like that's about s- someone who smoked crack with their ex-boyfriend and then tried to break into a lockbox lock in his grandmother's <laughs> yeah, house yeah. and i thought what a sweet but also heart. the mise wow. there it's like you really feel like you're, you're in there it's like hot i liked this fairly aristocratic one one 700 milliliter bottle of port 10 lines of cocaine eight lines of ketamine all alone in my bedroom. Oh, wow. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Melancholic. Wow. Yeah, beautiful. Really. I know. They're good. Yeah. They're oh, good. It's gorgeous. And are you, what is your, are you sober? Or what is your relationship with wine? I'm not wine? sober. Okay. I mean, I, I, I was a teen raver. So I did a lot of heavy drugs really early. And then um, I had an infamous uh, marriage with a heavy drug user so who's sober now also so mm-hmm. I, that's sort of 
I, I don't need to do um, 700 lines of cocaine. You seem someone that's too to cool see. for drugs in a no, way. No, I mean once in a while, whatever. But yeah. I don't, it's not, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to throw your beauty into the trash can for right. a line of cocaine. Right. When you're going to New York's most expensive dermatologist. Good advice to us all. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that. I only asked because I could see it as coming from either like a past user. Like it has like a real. No, can, I'm uh, like, okay. I, you know, amoral person not immoral but without you know right. they're just no judgment no course. judgment mm-hmm. um, i think that's enough performative readings of those um but i do love the project like i say because it just it paints these pictures of lives and moments of time yeah and they're people you um, know you know a lot of uh, them are people that i you never know. try i've never once tried to be like oh who is that i kind of enjoy this kind of like building yeah, yeah. building the character the in my head yeah and like, uh-huh. that's for me at least, you know, I think maybe that's just a me thing. Mm-hmm. Nate, do you try and figure it out? You're a journalist. I feel like that's like your fucking <laughs> On wheelhouse, occasion, bro. but there's just not enough hints without usually. Without using names, have you ever seen one and be like, oh, I know who that is? No, I really haven't. Just yeah. because I, I think that people are really good about not really revealing too much about who they are when they're doing these. Like, I could I could guess, sure. But, like, I was, I've was never seen one where I was like, sure, I knew who the person was. And for those of you who want to play along at home, it's regret underscore counter underscore i still haven't submitted one but there's still that's time that's true I well, you also there's have to remember time. all the things you took in that right. seems like that would be like you know taking notes well, throughout the was, evening that was always a thing for me um like if i had a if i had a bad hangover or i was around someone who had a ba- bad hangover this is kind of how it started i always wanted to know the count like yeah. tell me how many drinks you had in what order and it began because um there's an issue of my zine called bad behavior mm-hmm. that's the drug issue like it's all drug crimes or episodes of intervention and when i would sign them i started saying tell me what you what you did on your last hard night out and so it would just be the list of what of what whoever the recipient um, was did and then I would sign them and then I was like oh I really I kind of really love these because they are it's such a an economical portrait in a way and was that the impetus was that issue yeah and then like, oh, that's I how it started you kind of started I mean oh. I remember this because like, this is one of the things I loved immediately yeah. and like it started hard I guess it was probably because of quarantine there weren't a lot of submissions kind of went away but it's it's been back fiercely in the I past neglect it weeks. sometimes just because um, fucking life yeah. well because I feel like it's those so I have these two secondary Instagram accounts that are really um, full of the things that I'm very passionate about, which mm-hmm. are, are drug abuse, um, death, and celebrity. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, it. That's all you need. That's the gravestone so right in a there. Way, yeah, yeah. So in a way, um, when I'm like gearing up to work on a project those accounts will give you a sort of picture of what that project is going to be. And I can get really, for me, the thrill of, of writing an essay or um, a short story or making a zine is not necessarily in the writing. It's in that obsession. It's in that buildup. So I get really obsessed with the material that's going in and I can forget about the material that's supposed to go out, like Paula Abdul. Right. <laughs> I mean, you, I, that's how I entered you. You really seem like a researcher. Like, but yeah, of, of you know, like I, a non-academic, but like, but using like fairly rigorous. Uh, I think that's you know my 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 academic background. I think I was supposed to be like a great academic. I studied. Um, you know what you are. Kind of the intersection between economics and the feminine death paradigm in nineteenth-century um, society and literature and art. So you're having so much more fun than someone that was a tenured professor studying those I, exact same things. You know I what? Believe. I think totally. so. I think so. I think it's found a good a good landing spot. Mm. 
So what what are these uh, secondary Instagram accounts? Well, okay, I, one is Westwood Village Mortuary. Is yeah, that yeah right? that's my newest. This is passion. the new one, which is like very very you. Uh, like um, I'll let you you tell the people what it is before I boff it. So I guess. I'm trying to think of the first time that I discovered Julianne's auction house of Beverly Hills. That's really Someday my dream job. Someday you will be job. the director of it. Yeah. I'm fuck- <laughs> like, you know, if you write an email to Julianne's auction house, Julian, Darren Julian writes you back. Wow. Personally. Darren that's, Julian is like, can I help you? That's amazing. Um, so I think that's the first time that I found it, I, you know, I have a big, um, it's probably my most pedestrian passion, but I'm very interested in this very specific moment of Marilyn Monroe's downfall, which is the production of the film, The Misfits, with mm-hmm. John Huston's film, yeah. um, which is when her life kind of fell apart. And I remember reading about um, this this event so basically she was in terrible condition i won't give you the whole rundown it's an incredible story for anyone that wants to delve into it she was sent off of set to detox from drugs for two weeks and when she went back um kind of chastened her makeup artist since the 40s was like the only one who could make Marilyn, right Mm -hmm. and so she's like lying down kind of sleeping and he's doing her makeup trying to get her ready for the the day's filming and she says his name was Whitey Schneider and she says Whitey can I ask you something and he says anything Marilyn and she says if I die before you will you do my makeup for my funeral wow and he says Marilyn tell him to bring the body back to me while it's still warm and I'll do it and so within this recounting I learned that she had made this money clip that was inscribed whitey dear while i'm still warm marilyn and so i googled it i just got chills thinking about it i googled it on the internet thinking like maybe i can maybe there's a way to see this and it was at fucking julian's like it was an object that was in an auction at julian's and i just got so interested in how these items that have really no intrinsic value i mean kind of like an artwork but even less value because there there's no there's no hope for them to accrue any more worth outside of people's passion Uh you know outside of this weird obsessive drive to be closer to this abandoned the dead body there's like a necrophiliac impulse in this and so I, I I started like ransacking Julian's and the things that are on it are just so insane like Truman Capote's ashes or like um, Greta Garbo's hair or just you know Kirk the sweater Kirk Cobain wore in Unplugged right. and it's which I mean incre- yeah. it's incredible All of them are just incre- it's I mean, incredible Sharon Tate's wedding dress incredible her wow. false eyelashes just these wow. things Elvis that are Presley's so jockey underwear yeah like, these I mean, vacuums <laughs> these 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 but, these uh, vacuums like I said of intrinsic value but are they're so bloated with these sort of cultural fantasies about well, these figures. If fandom is kind of feeling as though you're closer to this kind of uh, object of idolization yeah. than anyone else is, mm-hmm. like how more to be physically well, close right. to that it's than only body. one of these uh, than only one of these bodily objects it's of the them. body. I think you know fandom is really I think my primary number one passion, and I think the thing that gets proved out in these auctions, and they're not just at Julian's. There you know there are a bunch of shitty auction houses. <laughs> Julian's is like the gold standard. Right. I love you, Darren Julian. 
Um, there are a lot of auction houses that specialize in this kind of waste. And the things that are always the most expensive are the things that are closest to the body. So like a, a, a piece of clothing, especially lingerie or a wig or a piece of, of hair, those are the things that people want the most because just like you're saying, it, it closes down that circuit between the fan and the idol in kind of the most concise way, I guess. Yeah. I think it does. For me, those auctions are, sorry, everyone, they're like the highest form of art for me. Just the what everything that's packed into them. I mean, I'm always, every time I see one of the listings, and oftentimes it's things that have sold a while ago, I'm surprised that for these, like, I feel like more unique than almost any other kind of object, yeah. like, Elvis Presley's underwear, like $3,500. Yeah. It's not worth that to me, but also seems like this seems terribly cheap in today's terms of like what we value and what is, you right. know, kind of what things cost. You know, they're all dead. I, I almost only do dead lots, um, things that like no one can have anymore. Um, and I often think, you know, it's, it's funny what reaches astronomical prices and what doesn't in the same way that it's funny, like what items get a lot of likes and the ones that wow. I, I love the most are usually the ones that kind of languish like I, I posted recently a portrait of Rudolph Valentino that was made on the set of one of his films and it's fucking like you look at this thing and you're like this is incredible wow. like it's so loaded and you know nobody liked it sometimes I think I'm gonna snatch that account away from you people because you're ungrateful please don't please don't I like everyone I think everyone I see that um, just means you're too online. I'm, I'm working on a book of them now with Andrew Roth of, from PPP. So yeah, it, I mean, it, really it seems like something that would be an amazing, uh, amazing book. I, yeah, would, I'm excited I, I would like to. So, so now, awesome. have you had uh, other than these emails? Like, do the auction houses know about your Instagram account? I mean, I feel like there's it's a brand funny, collab they waiting to, to happen. Uh, it, they have to know something because I've written about them so much. I've written a lot of essays about these types of auctions um and i have written to them and i did write to darren julian and s there was a point when i published the essay on that money clip when one of my dearest co-workers i love you cook maroney was like do. i love you cook he was like can you find out where that money just find out where it is i think it sold for 20 grand so it uh -huh. was like not you know, some crazy amount of money. It was like, just look, see if you can find it. And I did write to Darren Julian and he wouldn't tell me. Uh, so. He yeah. wouldn't pass along a blind no, offer. I'm sure it's, I'm sure that whoever has it really loves it. Mm -hmm. You better. <laughs> or else I'm going to come snatch it <laughs> away from you. Get it. <laughs> um, because I would love to see it in, or listen to an interview or read an interview between you and Mr. Julian. Just like, cause I wonder wow, what, like, that would be fun. There's someone else who I really want to interview who I wrote to yesterday. Who's that? It's this guy, Mark Bellinghouse. If you're listening, I'm out here. Um, he at one point had like the most comprehensive collection of Monroe memorabilia. And he was like a child actor. Wow. And I believe that he'd set up a lot of fake kind of Luca Magnata style fake fan accounts for himself, which I'm always into. I love it. But he did a really wild thing that I really am interested in where he built a scale model of the, um, the house that Marilyn Monroe died in inside of his house and then like lived with her furniture. He wore, you know, in the last sittings, the Burt Stern photographs, uh -huh. there's a picture of her in this kind of like, um, this big wrap, like a robe yeah, sweater. Yeah. He had that sweater. He would wear it around in the scale model of the house while sitting on her couch. Like, and he, I he's alive really, still? He's alive. And I would, wow. re that's my dream interview. I More than a, Darren that's an, oral, that's an oral history that needs to, needs to be incredible. I, be he's, taken. he's a little, um, he's sort of like a, a vigil anti-activist against 
fraudulent Monroe memorabilia. That's so wow. when I wrote to him the first time, he was like, I will talk to you, but only if it's to, you know, whatever, like call out the people who uh-huh. pretend that they have these priceless objects. And that at the time I was like, well, I don't know. And now I'm like, that's fine. You know? <laughs> any way to get I'll in the door, it. any I'll way to get in the door. It. I'll accept it. Um, all right, enough about your amazing Google search history, which can only, I can only <laughs> imagine. Um, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, I did want to ask this, because I was thinking, say, you have a kid, I have kids, and this mm-hmm. weekend, like, I had to go to, like, a birthday party, and I was imagining, and, you know, we go to public school, like, very diverse, and, like, I, I have so much trouble interacting with these other parents, but uh, I feel like you're either really good at it or no, really not totally at all. they totally ignore me. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, I stand in the line, and I'm like, doesn't anyone want to ask me anything? Like, when you pick the kid up, they don't, they don't, they're not into me. Yeah, I, mean, I, I haven't, I haven't been good about making uh. parent friends, but I thought maybe you had like a secret sauce. I have nothing. Uh. I have nothing. <sighs> so, much you, hard, guys? so much for you fixing my life, which is what I was hoping for. I can't <laughs> do that what I have for to look you. forward to? Just like being friendless? Maybe you're going to be better than we are. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of like, you're more chatty than I am. Like, I get really I get <sighs> nervous in public. I don't know. Me too. My, it uh, makes people think that you're a dick, but it's yeah, like, everyone thinks, you everyone know, thinks I'm an me asshole. too. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, she's kind of a dick in the school line. And I'm like, I'm just shy. Yeah, I'm just shy. I don't know how to open up. That's how things are to crack. All right. Nate, you'll be fine. Oh, okay. Any day now. Okay. You'll have an announcement to make on the pod. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, right. We have no, an announcement no, to make. No, no, no. I tease, I tease, I tease. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. That's, I made that all up in my fantasy world. My rich, rich Are fantasy world. Are you having world. a baby? No. no. <laughs> Nate's definitely not having a baby. But I'm leaving um, this in. But trust me, that was all in my head. No. Um, um, all right. Thank you so much this for coming. This was delightful. We, thank you so much. I, I, thank you're you, just, guys. Your brain is amazing. I love yeah. hearing your, um, your passions. I'm so happy you let me strong arm my way on to your show. Oh, it worked out beautifully. Listen, again, I'll do just, it again. Just being nervous. We were just too nervous to ask. We were always on the dream <laughs> yeah. on the dream list. <laughs> Who's next? Who is next? Who do we got next? Yeah, we don't plan ahead that much. <laughs> I got it. Ask us on Friday. Okay. Yeah. Got ask it. On Friday. All right. Thanks, Alyssa Bennett. You're the shit. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.